from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Friday, July 19th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in Orlando studios on the ones and twos, my illustrious brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. I'm just consolidating. It was too long. <laughs> uh, I'll get to the other person in a second. Uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Howdy, y'all. And sitting four feet from me here in our studio... Author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivy. Hey, guys. Oh. I'm in Orlando. In the house. I know. I know. Oh. Jamie, Jamie, I have so many questions. But first, I want to know, <laughs> did you ride your tiny house from your backyard in Austin <laughs> all the way here? Because that seems like the perfect traveling situation. Because someone else drives, you can just chill out. It's like you just got a day at home. You just binge watch stuff all day, you know? I, I actually left on Sunday. I've been working the whole time. Just been riding that tiny house all the way here. No, I've been working in the tiny house while someone else drove it down. (laughs) Oh, I see. That that works. Jamie, what what brings you what brings you to lovely, nice and cool, comfortable (laughs) temperatures July Orlando? Yeah. It feels just like Texas, by the way. But (laughs) Is Texas this humid for real? No, it's not this humid. Okay. You your heat is more like an oven heat. Our heat (laughs) is a moist heat. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And not I, to sound I haven't like bought, I haven't bought moisturizer in thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just walk outside. Just walk outside. Now that's hard. Is in Houston. Okay. okay. Houston is like that. Yeah, but yeah. Houston, Houston is like a swamp. It is. Okay. Here, our horrible humidity gets it keep it like crescendos all day, and then in like right now, four or five o'clock, black skies. Torrential downpour oh, breaks it's the like humidity, that daily rain. cools down. Yeah, or tropics. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what happens here. Houston, yeah. it just suffocates you. Yeah, yeah. And then a hurricane comes through. That's what happens in Houston. Yeah. Uh, so why am I here? There is an event here tomorrow night, tomorrow Friday and Saturday, or actually today, I should say. Hello, podcast right. world. There you go. Uh, behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, there you go. Behind the scenes. There's a podcast, uh, an event here, Lifeway Women. So I'm here for that event and. Is that I why ch- Christine Kane's here? Yeah, she's All coming through tomorrow. Here. She's coming here. Yeah. Tell her I've been here. I, I will. Oh, well. I will show you her the very just seat. Carve your name into the table, Jamie. Do I right need to there, sign my name right somewhere so everyone, she can as big see as you I've can. been here? So, it- so Lifeway Women, I'm assuming our invitations are coming? Or- <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, y'all got a lot mail. of invitations. This is just Wait for the second. ladies. How many women are going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> last week, last last episode, actually, I pretty harshly maligned the U.S. Postal Service, Jamie. So I'm not surprised my invitation never showed up. Yeah. J- Jamie, a lot has transpired since you last visited us. Uh, you know, it's been a few weeks now. Yeah. Um, I want to cover something. One, that, one, well, one, I, one is she got very tan. I was in Italy. You, I oh. can tell you what? look tan even from here. Wow, you look you. very what tan. What is that? How? What? Just being in Italy, you get tan? Well, I was in the sun a lot, and we were on the coast, so we went on a boat, and oh wow! And I oh, went to so the you, beach with my family, so, guys, so I was in Panama City. You guys aren't hurting for money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hey, Jamie, what was Italy strictly a a, like a family trip? No, we did not take our children. Oh, Italy, wow. <laughs> oh, Italy was. My husband and I and our other couple friend, we went to Italy for 11 days and it was awesome. You leaving your children for 11 days, highlight of your year. 
Yes, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen, they were at the camp okay. for like eight of those days. Okay. So I so spent a lot of money know. to send them to camp. Yeah. Yeah. You're, again, money not a problem. Okay. <laughs> J- Jamie, I've been watching a lot of Netflix shows and like uh, uh, visiting Italy through, you know, uh, salt, acid, heat and fat and chef's table and yes. all the and, and you know, uh, ugly, delicious, all these shows. And I just I, I find them and I only go to the Italy episodes. I don't care about some weird Norwegian guy that's no. cooking salmon over wood fires for 60 years. I don't care about that. I'm never going to eat that. That's a lot of work. I'll eat a pizza. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'm obsessed with going to Italy, even though I don't know when I'll ever go. On a scale of one to ten, expectations versus reality. Where are we? Where are we at here? Ten. I mean, oh. I can hands down say I had the best pizza I've ever had in my entire life. Where Napoli? Napoli. Yes. I can did send they, you the did, guys' did Instagram they, after. They it's have, so, so they amazing. have Papa John's there. Is what you're saying? Well, <laughs> that was on the flight home, but no. But we had the best pizza, and literally, when you go to Italy. You just, you eat pasta and drink wine and walk all day long. And it's amazing. Sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So the question, the question is what region? Because what I know, I've only been to one region of Italy that every kind of part of the country is completely different. Where have you been? Literally only Rome a couple of times. Okay. So I went to Tuscany last summer. And and I'm not a huge fan of Rome. I mean, it's just kind of a dirty old city. Uh Uh-huh. True. There's a lot of history, yes, but it's not like the beautiful and it's not known for food. Right. There's no food, no fashion, no scenery. It's just a dirty old city. With the Colosseum. And with stuff, with with stuff crumbling. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's very different. I was in Tuscany last summer, which Ooh. is a completely different vibe. And so we were in the, oh gosh, I'm going to screw this. I think the South. We were on the coast, okay. the Amalfi Coast. So we went to um, uh, down to Anna Capri. So Capri, the beautiful place that... Beyonce and Jay Z apparently I travel to. I know, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was yeah. so much fun. Juice is from big yeah. fan. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm, I'm assuming Capri Sun if it's made in Capri. Otherwise, it's just Kool Aid. We yeah. drink yeah. Capri Sun all day. It's like, it's like champagne. champagne. They can't yeah. call it that. Now, Jamie, I'm assuming when you said you eat wine, drink wine, eat pizza, and walk all day, you're talking about Capri Sun. Why? Oh, uh, yes, yes, wink, wink. Yeah, yes. I mean, my, my understanding is that in Bible times it was just juice. Uh, <laughs> For that's sure. what I thought. For uh, sure. And, and you disappoint me a little saying that walking's part of the equation. I'm, I don't go on vacation to walk. I want to drive those funny little tiny cars and get it stuck down an alleyway and just get out and then take a moped and just leave that funny little car there that you like strap suitcases to the to the to, to the, the roof. To, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I travel with one of those leather suitcases with stickers from all over Italy oh, and all I just over, strap yes. it out with a couple belts and I hilariously like Mr. Bean style get stuck in a back alley by a pizzeria and a guy's like, oh, Rigatoni, get out of here! And then I just like hop on a moped and like, see ya! Okay, I'm not Capri saying song. that didn't happen. But right. mm. we also walked. All right. Did, oh, okay. did you get it? Did you ever get a ride on the uh, the gondola? Because when I think, I know we're getting kind of like playfully racist here, but when I think of Italy, <laughs> I think of like the boat <laughs> with the stick that you and I, 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 I don't think it's racist, by yeah, the way. First of all, you're that's good. not racist. It's stereotypical. Yeah, you're good. You're it's good. not yeah, racist. Yeah, bigoted. It's fine. It's not bigoted. It's first, how dare you? I, I'm not watching fictional things about Italy. I'm watching actual Netflix documentaries. This is how they live, Tyler. That's what Jamie just said. How dare you? Ja- I did not get on a boat with someone pushing it where would that be that would be venice. uh venice yeah or, uh, yeah was not yeah there. the canal city yeah mm-hmm. you so you weren't there was not there there have been a lot of movies filmed there yeah including from home. one yeah. i just saw 
uh the, the yeah the the Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie. movie yeah, yeah. so oh, I hey, Jimmy what was the coolest what was the the coolest place that that you went in in all of Italy that if you were to return to Italy that you would definitely make a point to go back to okay so Naples was not a fan of it but it is where we had the best really? pizza we've ever had in our entire life so we huh. flew into Rome it's where Napoleon Dynamite's from as well it's his birthplace <laughs> it's only Napoleon Dynamite if it's from if he's from there otherwise <laughs> right <laughs> right. now, and then, how dare you you bigot <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Jamie I'm sorry uh, you know Capri was amazing it's yeah. an island I love very water sunny. very sunny I'm a yeah. boat girl so we went on a boat all day so beautiful so I hands down you should go visit so those there. are the two you spent 11 days and went to two places no we went to Rome oh. for two days yeah. the day in and the day out which it is not my favorite but we had a really great meal there and saw a lot of old things. Yeah. But it's That's, hot. It's hot. hot both hot. times I've been to Rome, I've been there for two days. And it was like, I mean, one of the times it was like for a movie set thing. And then one time was on another, I don't know. Remember, we did some at the Vatican, but it was like, okay. That sound really important. I mean, they were just like, you're just like, I don't know. Okay. It's old. Just old. J- Jamie, know. did you see, did you go? Are, okay. So some people, when they travel, they're look. They want. They want the culture. They want to really soak it up. And they're going to museums and they're seeing like I don't know, like statues and old buildings and stuff. Basically, stuff that I can look at on the internet. Some right. people like to travel. And it sounds like you're in the latter group, more like my speed, where you're going for the luxury experience. You are boating. You are eating. Like I said, I can I can go look at a statue of David right now on my phone, and I get I pretty much get it. I got it. It's a it's just, honestly, it's a, it's just a nude guy. That's all it is. It's impressive that he did that with a chisel. But listen, we got lasers now. We can make some pretty cool, realistic stuff. Yeah, you ever seen 3D printing? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. are you are you more of the camp that you want to soak up the culture or you just want to kind of live the high life for 11 days? I want to soak up the culture, but what I mean by that is I want to eat where the people eat. Mm. Like, I don't want to be a tourist. I want to go to the beach where the locals go. So yeah. we were in Sorrento and we're trying to find where the locals go to the beach. That's where we want to go. But don't you think some of the best beaches are tourist beaches because they're the best beaches? You could say that for sure. I don't like the crowds though. And I, the best pasta I had the entire trip, probably one of the best pastas was in a little restaurant on a beach that felt so local. So, but I'm like that. I go for the food, yeah, for the Capri Sun and for the sun. Capri <laughs> Sun, the sun is good. Woman after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. Capri <laughs> Sun on the beach with some with the bowl of spaghetti. I don't go to Europe very much, but I do know that over there, they, uh-huh. you know, uh, you, I don't want to live up to the American stereotype. So that's right. why I always disguise my voice so they have no idea <laughs> that I'm an American. Right. Like everything. Oh, that's a spicy meatball. And they're like, oh, look at this guy. He's, was he born down the road? It's weird. I like, see him. Oh, Around here, and they welcome me into the kitchen. At that yes. point, they, they 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 know that I'm some I'm one of them. Is what they right. is what they know. It becomes apparent at that moment. That's a great yeah. way to travel, right there. Yeah. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to theologian, seminary professor, and author Scott McKnight. He has a new book out called "Reading Romans Backwards," and it's a fascinating conversation. Um, we talked to him about why Paul's most famous letter is so essential for today's divided church. Considering all the division going on, especially this week in the news cycle, which maybe you missed because you've been in Italy, uh, we thought this would be a good conversation to uh, bring to the podcast. He's one of those people that I talk to and I feel 
way dumber because he's so much smarter than me. Now, I will say this. That happens with a lot of people. Yeah, I was going to say. He is very, very smart. He is a very smart guy. And I told, I could, I, I, Cameron, I, you and I were talking about this conversation earlier today. And we're like, man, this is, it's like, it's such a fresh idea of like taking this book of the Bible that a lot of people think in strictly sort of these like theological terms and looking at the social implications of what Paul was actually talking about. Really fascinating interview. Can't wait for that later. Yeah, there you go. All right, before we move the show along, I have a question. You're going to the Lifeway Women's. Thing. Yes. Conservative. Uh-huh. I'm not saying anything negative about them. They're just conservative. You have a lot of tattoos, way more than I thought you did. I'm seeing them. Oh, you haven't ever the seen them live? Yes. I didn't know this. How do they feel? Do you have to cover them up? No way. I wouldn't do anything if someone made me cover up my tattoos. I would mm. say no. They think, do they think I'm you're like edgy? They probably think I'm edgy and cool. Yeah. Interesting. I see, because my perception of that world is that they would look like they don't want that on their stage. I would say this, and I'll give them a compliment, is they're okay. also my publisher, B&H, yeah. and I host a show called The Happy Hour, Yeah, and yeah. I like Capri Sun in Italy, and I have tattoos, <laughs> and we work well together. Interesting. I love Jesus a whole lot, so that I think they can look past it. Yeah. That's cool. Well, good for it. Yeah, good for and them. And I don't and think they're as, as what you would think as they maybe used to be. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying from my own experience. Yeah. They, they All have I know me. is- They have me. R.I.P. Lifeway bookstores, but relevant was <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, relevant was banned for since issue one. Oh, you were? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, because you're too, we too to secular. Handle. Oh, I would put you in my store if I had a store. Thank yeah. you. You're we, welcome. Are, we are persona you non grata there, and it's either one of two reasons: they didn't like our edgy take on content. Or the president of Lifeway at the time was Italian and did not appreciate <laughs> some of the stereotypes I have perpetuated on years on this platform. I don't know, Jamie. I don't know. Maybe you could clear this up for us when you're there. <laughs> hey, I'll see what I can do. But it's a mystery to I me. would sell your magazine in my store. Yeah. I mean, he read the first issue and he's like, that's a spicy hot take. <laughs> and it was like, that's we're a, banned. That's a spicy hot take. <laughs> we're, we're banned. Anyway. All right. Well, moving the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's the hot list. Summertime is meant to fall in love I could fall asleep and stare your eyes But they're so nice Summertime is meant to fall in love I wrote you a poem for your surprise It's right by your side You're listening to Jaden featuring Willow the song is Summertime in Paris at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Inhaler with My Honest Face. Okay, it's time for... It's the hotlist, the hotlist. It's Sislin. The Sun and Capri. <laughs> Very inappropriate, like Jamie's vacations with other kids. <laughs> All right, coming up this week, uh, number five on the hotlist, uh, Khalid sang Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah at a at a barbecue restaurant's karaoke night this week. Uh, the singer, I mean, top of the charts guy here. Yeah. So hot. So hot, Khalid. My kids yeah, love Khalid. him. Yeah, uh, literally, Khalid is my son's favorite singer. My kids love him, it's yeah. So yeah. Funny. Talk huh. right now, his single just hit number one on the Billboard uh, Hip Hop the Urban Charts. So, I there mean, you yeah, go. he's big time. Well, he was recently in San Antonio and decided to Google downtown's best barbecue and ended up at a restaurant called Smoke Barbecue. When he arrived, he realized it was karaoke night. Using a fake name, he signed up for a turn and chose to sing one of the hardest songs in the book, Jeff Buckley's version of the song, Hallelujah. The song, originally uh, by Leonard Cohen, famously 
pulls heavily from biblical imagery. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Khalid previously said that, though he doesn't identify as being overwhelmingly religious now, he was raised in a Christian home. Here's a clip of the song. Basically, sounds as good as shit. The restaurant posted on Facebook: uh, "The world stops when Khalid walks into your restaurant on karaoke night, signs up as another name, and sings his heart out." What a night! What an amazing person! What if you have to? What if you have to follow that guy up? Because somebody was after Khalid. Yeah. yeah. The next day, he has to go up there and do Old Town Road or whatever. And he's like, well, I'm, you know what? Wait, I'm just late. And yeah. we're all tired. Like everyone's, close. everyone's weeping. You know, see, he's singing one of those beautiful songs in the American song catalog and he's leaving it all out there. You heard him, you know, really get there and you're like, uh, now it's Rick coming to sing. Don't stop believing. Rick, come on up. And he's just a small town. I, would you want me to do this? Yeah. Just boo Rick. Oh, man. Coming in at number four this week, Instagram is uh, officially experimenting with hiding likes. We've been hearing about this for a while while it's rolling out. So you may no longer see how many likes other people's photos and videos get on the social media platform. Uh, Instagram is experimenting with hiding the likes in seven countries to test what the change will do to user engagement. In the test, users could still see how many people liked their own posts, but can't tell how many people liked other people's posts. Uh, it started in Canada, and this week they're removing the likes in Ireland, Japan, Australia, Italy, New Zealand, and Brazil. Italy. Yeah, no coincidence. Instagram officials told TechCrunch that ultimately, quote, they want your followers to focus on the photos and videos you share, not how many likes they get. Likes have become a controversial feature in modern social media platforms with some critics saying it makes sharing content an unhealthy competition and a popularity contest based on an artificial point system. There's no word yet uh, on if likes will be removed in the U.S., but you got to think as long as engagement doesn't go down, they're going to roll it out. They're actually trying to do it. Does you know keep uh, from the negative effect that it has on kids and and you know. I feel like sometimes the Instagram likes that people are more concerned with are their own. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so maybe I'm not the target market because I'm not a kid. I'm 41, but. I don't care how many photos your likes your photo has, but, I think but that, sometimes my heart cares how many mine have. But I think the comparison thing, oh, yeah, a lot like, of kids are like, oh, they're so big and popular. Nobody likes my photos. Yeah. But if you don't know that your classmate has yeah. 12 yeah, and, and you, you have own, 24, so you're yeah, in the lead. Yeah, right. I think that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> well, it was a really <laughs> central feature and a really sad part of that movie, Eighth Grade, from last year. Because right. the yeah, yeah. star of that movie, it was really heartbreaking. She couldn't get as many likes as the... And uh, and I think that would be uh, although I have to imagine that would still be visible to like advertisers who could would yeah, want to like promote on these people's Instagram pages. Well, Jamie, let me ask you this: like, if if other people couldn't see how many likes that your photos got, do you think you would still be as concerned about how many you got, or do you think on like a personal level it's still meaningful, even though no one else will know? I can honestly say, even though I just said like my heart would struggle, I don't struggle with this as much, but I do think that some people, if it took down engagement, that it would be hard for them on Instagram mm. because they would think, mm. oh, well, no one's liking my photos anymore. Um, that might be hard for them if they thought people couldn't see it and they wouldn't like it. I don't know. 
But I can see this from a teenager's perspective a little bit more. Yeah. I'm not trying to act like 40-year-olds have their stuff together, but this is hard for teenagers. Right. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I, I think it, I think the whole, like, construct of it is, like, uh, you know, liking and, you know, on Instagram or on Twitter, you know, you have the little heart. And, and like, I can see, like, where the – and listen, from someone who creates content and a lot of content lives or dies by how many people click that button, I certainly see the – appeal of it but you also when you dig into like the psychology of you know i'm giving my attention and my affirmation to certain things and certain people and not others you could see how it's kind of spiraled in something that's probably not the most healthy way to express you know affirmation and and you know what we put value into like it does seem like it's gotten to the point where it's probably getting getting unhealthy you know? Yeah, I mean, just like you mentioned eighth grade, but I mean, there's several documentaries. I think we've mentioned a few of them here on the show over the last year that have been on Netflix and others, like looking at the psychological impact on middle schoolers and high schoolers, especially mm-hmm. what social media has done. And I think that's what they're trying to get ahead of. Because I think if it gets like to the point of like a toxic stigma, that's the beginning of the end for their business, you yeah, know, ultimately, sure. you know, sure. so like they're trying to get ahead of that yeah. and be like, Hey, let's keep it healthy. And everybody loves it. You so know? that we keep yeah. using it. Yeah. How old is your son? Nine. No, no social media. He's not a, I mean this week, cause it's summer. We set up a little tiny, super private, like Instagram for him. Uh-huh. And he literally posted in his first day, so many times. 87 stories. <laughs> and literally, like, he went, he, he did three live streams on Instagram. <laughs> Nobody's watching him. His mom watched one, but like, I don't know who he's talking to. But I mean, like, like what is he emulating here? I don't even know. But it's like, he is a content savant, like John so Chris. It is yeah. insane. So, anyway, well, good for him. Yeah, no, but we're yeah. keeping it, that on wraps. I yeah. mean, we're, yeah, as long as humanly possible, got to protect those kids. I hear you. All right, coming in number three this week, a video uh, <laughs> highlighting 1,500 years of worship music went viral. Singer and YouTuber David Wesley, no relation to John, has posted an ambitious video that takes a look at the evolution of worship music over the past millennia and a half. It's uh, the acapella medley starts with a hymn from 560 AD and ends with 2017's Do It Again from Elevation Worship. Here's a clip. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar. At the sound of your name. I mean, it was 93 to 98 right there. Oh, okay. You just jumped five years. Okay. But here's the, here, here's the deal. Strap in because it's an eight minute video. <laughs> Do they all sound like that? Yeah. He like he did the medley or the okay. acapellas himself. Yeah. For, the first, for the first few minutes, he jumps like 200 years at a time from like, you know, one per century or so. Yeah. And then it starts building up to more. 92, 98, 99, 2000. And then... It's mostly just hill song hits from the past. <laughs> 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 a little bit of a of the of the worship genre. 
I want to do I want to do one, even though I'm a terrible singer. Maybe Khalid would be interested in helping me out. Um, I want to do one of just like the mid to late 90s glory days as the dear <laughs> blessing and honor. And then, yeah. And then for some reason, just every once in a while, like when, uh, oh, ancient, I just throw the Ferris Bueller and thing in there just to kind of spice up. People love that Ferris Bueller thing. Khalid, Khalid, what do you say? Give me a call. You know where to find me. Number two this week, Kanye West opened up this week about how faith and the Bible inspires his creativity. Uh, he's currently on the cover of Forbes magazine and thanks in large part to his uh, Yeezy footwear line, which Forbes says is on pace to bring in $1.5 billion in sales in 2019 alone. Almost the family budget for the Ivy household. <laughs> to head to Italy? Capri, that's how much I spend on Capri's son in Italy, if you know what I mean. Uh, Wes has become an extremely wealthy person. But things weren't always uh, going so well for him. In 2016, his struggles became extremely public when he tweeted that he was $53 million in debt and asked Mark Zuckerberg for $1 billion to help him fund all of his ideas. Shortly after, he canceled his arena tour and ended up being hospitalized while dealing with temporary psychoses. Uh, in the interview with Forbes, he says that he credits his turnaround to faith, specifically, quote, being in service to Christ, the radical obedience. He said, I'm just blessed through the grace of God to go from tweeting at Mark Zuckerberg to being where he is today. Uh, he also spoke out about using negative labels on people who are having mental health struggles. Uh, he said, crazy is a word that's not going to be used loosely in the future. He said, understand that this is actually a condition that people can uh, end up in, be born into, driven into, and go in and out of. And there's a lot of people that have been called that C word that have ended up on this cover. Uh, later, in an additional video for Forbes, he explained how the Bible provides him inspiration for his fashion designs. Lots of robes. Here's a <laughs> clip. I'll be working on home designs and looking at references from 3,000 years ago and reading the Old Testament at the same time. So it's like a soundtrack to the visuals of the shapes and the idea, ideas and ideals of what we're creating. A lot of my... Uh, creative friends, I, I let them, I tell them like the Bible is better than Pinterest. You can bring something into space and time we exist in while reflecting thousands of years of truth. Okay, it says you should keep my statutes. You should not let your cattle breed with a different kind. You should not sow your field with two kinds of seed nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. And I tell the, my apparel team that the clothes that we're using, like single material, I remember sending uh, a manager I used to work with a really rude email about how Every time he wore this wool jacket with leather sleeves, he set culture back by 10 years. So now I can send him the verse from the Bible that says, 
You should not wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. I just, I just want to say, when he sent me that email, it was very hurtful. <laughs> and that jacket is rad. It is rad, Kanye. That way you talk about taking a verse out of context. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Well, I mean, he's talking about a Letterman jacket, and he like yeah, that's what I've seen in my head. with the yeah. leather Letterman. sleeves. Yeah, it's ca- kind of classic, like a like know. a baseball jacket. Americana. Yeah. The whole yeah. interview felt kind of weird to me. Anybody else? No, y'all liked it. Not for Kanye. It's hard for me to yeah. listen no, to. Here's, 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 by here's, standards. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's like he just speaks in a strange way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's very halting yeah. delivery. Yeah, and then I, it kept pausing. Yeah, and it's just, but I don't know. I mean, if you watch the Letterman interview with him too, which we've talked about, it was like it's just not a natural. I don't know. Like his brain's different. He does and have. I, don't I believe mean that, that in he's a not in a bad way. way. And he's talked about that pretty openly yeah uh so i i understand that but it does make an interviews with him especially when he talks for a long period of time like that it'd be a little hard to follow because he's he's jumping around a lot. Well, well jamie let me ask you this because you do a lot of interviews and <laughs> do you find because i find this too you know doing interviews for people for the podcast or the magazine or whatever that every once in a while you find someone it's typically like an artist who speaks in a way where I don't feel like they are dictating their cadence for like dramatic reasons, but because they're so like thoughtful that they want to choose their words really carefully. Do you find that? Have you ever had that in an interview? For sure. And like you can tell, it's already hard for me because I feel like I'm kind of leaning in waiting and I don't know what you're doing. And then I start to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And then if I was interviewing Kanye and he was talking like that, I'd start sweating and I'd be all nervous. And then I think he doesn't like me and I'd be done. Yeah. <laughs> The thing yeah. that I couldn't interview him because it like when he he he's not even answering your question half the time. He's, he's just saying what he wants to he's say. He's just on this free form stream of consciousness that half of it, like the words are coming out of his mouth before. You're talking about like he's talking slowly because he's thinking about it. I don't think so. I think it's just kind of like things are coming out and they're just kind of it's like a meandering river and he doesn't even know where he's going. You think he talks to Kim that way? I don't know. I don't know. That, and the, the kids? The, 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 you know, the, and this isn't to name drop, but just since we're on the topic, the part, because I think it's, I think, you know, speaking in kind of different ways and in, in those kind of different cadences, I do think it can be a sign of someone who thinks differently, but it's also really smart. Like, I remember we ran um, back in like 2017 an interview with like Russell Brand. And I remember talking to him, and he's another person where like you ask the question and all of a sudden he starts talking and it's just that, that stream, that river that you. You don't know where it's going to end up, but it's a fascinating kind of journey along the way. But I kind of like doing those types of interviews sometimes with people who think outside the box and speak outside the box and converse in ways that are non-conventional. I think it's kind of interesting and fun sometimes, you know, keeps you on your toes as an interviewer. For sure. For or sure. lulls you to sleep. One or, or the other. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> how how right. rude do you think an email has to be before Kanye is like, this is actually a pretty rude email. <laughs> I get the impression. I get the impression the guy has sent some rude emails in this li- in his life, and for him to go back, he remembers it. He said that was a few years ago. No, he, he said he like sent it repeatedly. Though he said he he said he sent it repeatedly. Uh-huh. Like every time he wore the jacket, he's like, you know, I had email anyway. <laughs> I don't remember how many emails I sent last week, and he's talking about an email. It's like, yeah, that's when I think he needs to go make peace with this person who he did accuse, to be fair, of setting the culture back. What, did he say 15 <laughs> years? years? Can yeah. you imagine being so outraged 
over I'm, an article of clothing that someone you have a professional relationship wears. So you're, you sit down on your computer and like, they have got to hear about this. <laughs> and let me see if there's a Bible verse that I can add here to back up my point of view. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to word this in the most rude way possible. Here we go. Dear, <laughs> dear, dear Tyler, I cannot believe that you wore leather pants. What were you thinking? Everyone was uncomfortable. Jesus is mad at you. Here's a bunch of verses. Send like it just seems like I got to be really mad at someone's article of clothing to send an email. You know? I think we've yeah. all been on the receiving end of some hurtful emails from people with Bible verses who probably meant well, That's right. but it has mm-hmm. yet to be about something that I was wearing. This may be something that happens to women more than it does to men. I'm yeah. aware that of that. I think it usually doesn't have to do with the fact that you're mixing mediums with the articles of clothing that you're wearing. Jamie, you can correct me on that if I'm wrong. I think you're right. Well, yeah. well, there you go. Thank you, Kanye West. All right, yeah. well, coming in number one this week, Chris Evans, Captain America. His next movie is about a real-life daring religious refugee operation. Uh, now that he's done with the Marvel movies, didn't he die? Is he dead in the Marvel old. movies? He's just old. He's just Spoiler very, very, very old. Game, I guess. He just, yeah. I don't know. Oh, when I, I saw it, he didn't die, did he? I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't he, watch that he, stuff. He, <gasps> because of time travel, he tricked everyone and went back to live the life he never got to because he was oh, a superhero. Oh, I remember. And, and he, he went, went on that bench. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I saw it. Yes, I remember. Are you serious? Happy old man. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. That was like my third Marvel movie ever and I bawled in it. Kids... Kids oh, yeah, dream try. of leaving their normal lives to, to be, be superheroes <laughs> and superheroes dream of not being superheroes. Yeah. There's, there's a moral to this story. There's a moral saying the grass isn't always greener. That's right. Yeah. And, and, Beacons. and, and now we know how they aged him so fast in the movie. They just use, they just plugged the, they just put a face a, out. A phone <laughs> with a face app right up to the camera. Like, Oh, we got old Chris Evans here. Let's, let's make, let's write the storyline that he's just an old man now. You know, it's, it's, it's a little face well, app tie in. The news came out this week that he's going to be starring in the upcoming film, Red Sea Diving Resort. It's based on a true story um, about a group of Israeli intelligence agents who partnered with locals in Ethiopia to smuggle Jewish refugees into Israel in the early 80s via an elaborate vacation front. The Ivies were there because it was elaborate. Um, it's largely considered one of Mossad's most infamous uh, rescue missions. Uh, it's called Operation Brothers. And that's what it was really called. And it saved thousands of Ethiopian Jews during the country's brutal civil war. The movie is going to hit Netflix on July 31st. Next oh, right week. now. Yeah. Uh, but you can see the trailer right now on relevantmagazine.com. I, I went down a rabbit hole after I watched this trailer because like it's like a really fascinating like the trailer's awesome. I'm, I, I people should definitely go to the site and check it out. But like I want I was curious about the real mission. You know, yeah. because this is the ultimate long con. Okay, so the the, the trouble in Ethiopia was brewing for a long time. It, uh, you know, Jew- Jewish people in that country were a minority, and so Mossad started planning how are they going to get people out. And because of like tensions in the region, they came up with the most elaborate plan where they actually created a resort. This is in the early '80s on the coast of Sudan and marketed it to like. People in like European countries to come and for some of the most exotic diving that you can do. They're like, you can have an adventure in the desert. You can go diving at this world class resort. The only problem is they had to make the actual resort like it was the ultimate long con. (laughs) They actually found a resort for the sole purpose of saving these thousands of refugees. But in order for the plan to work, you got to have a resort like 
it, the, the commitment to this mission where you have Mossad agents like working as diving instructors at a fake real resort. It's just unbelievable. It reminds me there's a scene I, like I love the movie Bottle Rocket. It's shot there in Austin, Jamie. Um, it's uh, Wes Anderson's first movie uh, co-written with Owen Wilson. And Owen Wilson plays a guy who's trying to get in the bank robbing business and he joins a criminal gang that has a yard maintenance uh, crew for their front. Right. That's how they launder yeah. stuff. And literally he's out there doing yard work. And someone asked him, like, ah, I thought you were like this cool criminal now. And he's like, well, you know, it, the, the whole yard thing's just a front. He's like, but the thing they don't tell you about fronts is someone's actually got to do the grass cutting. And so, like, that was his job in the criminal gang. And it's like, <laughs> that's what this movie is. Like, this is all this movie. It's like, well, you got to actually ha- operate the front if you're going to set it up. I think it's awesome. I, I, I started- mi- when when I read yeah. this, I misread the Red Sea Diving Resort, and I thought it was the Dead Sea Diving Resort, and I was like, what are they doing? Just like floating the bodies right. across? <laughs> like, you can't dive in the Dead Sea. And then I was like, oh, it's... You have to be a really strong swimmer to dive in the Red Sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started reading the the book that apparently it was written about what happened and inspired this movie. It's called Mossad Exodus. And uh, it's, it's a really good... It makes me a little nervous about the movie because there's so many great spy stories so far that I've come across just in the first third that you could see a like a somebody who wrote the script their eyes just get a little too big for their stomach because there's there's a lot of near-death experiences that these guys met with with like armed agents who knew something was up with the diving resort but couldn't quite figure out what was going on and so they existed under the auspicions of this uh of several of the army that was there i'm excited for the movie i'm excited to see how it goes i'd recommend the book if anybody likes a, a good true spy story See, very appropriate for a resort to end right. on a resort. It does, it does sound very, very elaborate result. Yeah. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Up next, Scott McKnight joins us. Great good Ohio, I'm coming down. When you credit a lot, don't cry. Oh, steady rise and fall. The sun in both hands, sinking his blood. No love is ever green. You're listening to Mosa Wild. The song is Night. Well, today's show is brought to you by Away. Away creates thoughtfully designed luggage for the way you actually travel, and it's guaranteed for life. Away suitcases have a lightweight and durable shell that's made to last a lifetime of travel, and a 100-day trial lets you try any Away product on the road. Take it out and live with it, travel with it, get lost with it. If you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund. And Away's limited lifetime warranty means they'll fix or replace your bag if it ever gets damaged, and a built-in compression pad helps you pack more in. Suitcases feature an optional ejectable battery to keep your phone charged, and a removable laundry bag to separate dirty clothes from clean ones, which is a problem for Jesse. Big, big problem. It works better than my typical solution, which is a trash bag. So, (laughs) congrats, Away. I don't know how you cracked this one, but uh, it's definitely an upgrade for me. I love my Away bag. Swear by it. And the lifetime warranty is insane. Uh, for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash relevant20. Relevant20 because it's $20 off. Uh, and use promo code relevant20 during checkout. Okay, again, one more time. Write this down. Get a pen for $20 off an Away suitcase, which you want to go get. Visit awaytravel.com slash relevant20 and use promo code relevant20 during checkout. Hey, I traveled to Italy with my carry-on. With your away carry-on? The, big, the bigger carry-on. 11-day trip? 11-day trip, because it is it packs it in. Wow. See, I'm like, so I what love ha- away. But what happened, what happened when you bought knickknacks on the road? 
Uh, you well, bought a separate bag to go home with? We did that last year. Uh-huh. Which Buy was, a little duffel or something? Yeah, yeah. We just didn't get that much this time. So hi- but hypothetically, if you would have strapped your away bag to one of those funny little cars that they drive. Do you mean to tell you what I also have? I have the away the, the weekender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I didn't pack it full, so we put stuff in there. Wow. Scott McKnight is a theologian and professor of New Testament at uh, Northern Baptist Theological Seminary. I wonder what their feelings about tattoos are. We should ask him. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a pretty progressive guy. Yeah. He's also the author of the new book, Reading Romans Backwards, A Gospel of Peace in the Midst of Empire. We recently spoke with Scott about the book and why his unique approach to the New Testament's Book of Romans has such powerful and essential implications for today's divided church. Jesse, you spoke to him. Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to start about, you know, it just seemed like an interesting concept. Like, this is a book that I feel like most people who are Christians, it's one of the books of the Bible they're most familiar with. You know, we talk about the Roman the Romans roads, which, you know, kind of spells out our ideas about salvation and sin and things like that. But I wanted to talk to him, you know, he started studying the book, but he decided to like divide it into sections to kind of deepen his understanding to it. And that kind of led to a, a, like a fresh perspective of how to read Romans. Here's how, here's how he explained it. So I sort of developed this uh, reading approach to Romans, and I read Romans uh, pretty consistently for 10 years without teaching it at all, other than, you know, just uh, points would come up in lectures. I got to thinking, what if we started reading Romans in 12 through 16 and started sketching the major social realities that Paul talks about in those chapters and then read Romans 1 through 8, what would happen to our readings of Romans 1 through 8 if we began to think in terms of real people in a real setting where actually they're at one another's throats? Uh, Jesse, this may sound odd, but I think the book of Romans is is what America in its divided state today needs most. The chapters, Romans 14 through 15, Paul is actually talking to two groups of people that will not get along with one another, and he tells them how to live together. Yeah, so I, you know, that that to me was really interesting because I've never really heard Romans explain like that. Like, oh wait, this is Paul telling Christians how to get along. You always read Romans and you're like, oh well, this is a book. If you're not a Christian, read this one. This will tell you why you need to find God. So, you know, when he talked about this is a, you know, Paul was talking to a divided church. I wanted to dig in a little bit about what that divide looked like and what the implications of that divide were. And this is how uh, Doctor McKnight explained it. There are two groups in the house churches of Rome. One group Paul calls the strong, and the other group he calls the weak. you got to admit that calling somebody weak is probably not a compliment. All right, he calls one group strong, one group weak. The terms he uses in one place is donatoi and adonatoi, and they could be translated the powerful and the powerless. What does Paul tell them to do? He tells the powerful to surrender their power and to be reconciled with the powerless. He tells the powerless, quit sitting in judgment on the powerful. He tells them that the most important thing they can do is to sit at a table with one another and quit Mm. arguing. That's Mm. Romans 14, 1, 15, 1. So here's here's what I think Paul would say in our political world. Now, Paul's not talking to America. He's talking to Christians. He would be telling Christians today who are who have power not to use their power to overpower other Christians. 
And he would tell the powerless Christians not to spend all their time complaining about the powerful. But emphasis is not on the powerless, but on the powerful. I think he's an equal opportunity critic. But Paul is telling the powerful to lay down their power for the sake of the other. Yeah, so, you know, that that idea of the powerful and the powerless, you know, I kind of wanted to get him to, I think everyone kind of knows what those implications could look like. Uh, And it's so funny because that over time, you know, societies often get divided along those lines, people that hold power and wealth and people that are left on the outside. And this idea of reconciling the church first and for those groups to make an effort to come together, particularly the powerful laying down their power and reaching out to the people who didn't have power, I felt like was such an interesting idea. And I asked him to tell us to explain a little bit more what this looks like for the American church right now. This is what we need today in, uh, in the church. We are divided politically. The politics of our culture are dividing the churches. Churches are, tend to be either red churches or blue churches. And we need to surrender our powerful dynamics for the good of the other in order to demonstrate to the world Christ-like love. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, framing Romans in that context, I feel like kind of brings new life to the entire book, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I finally, you know, I've, I was raised and maybe you guys were too, to think of Romans in this way that it talks a lot about sin and a lot about the need for God's grace to redeem sin. And, 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 and there's a road involved. There is. The there's, a, there's a road somewhere. There's a, there's more than conquerors. There's a Romans road. I haven't been to Rome. Uh, there's spicy meatballs all throughout the book. It is, uh, you know, uh, you know this book. is the Italian episode. We're talking about Romans here. Um, and so, I, you know, I kind of, I wanted him to, you know, in that context, like, well, what does this mean for a traditional understanding, especially when it comes to an idea like sin? And this is, you know, I, I want to kind of wrap here because I feel like this really puts a bow on the idea of the value of re-understanding this book in a new light. So we read the book of Romans as if it were an evangelistic tract to get people saved. No. The people to whom Paul is writing this letter are saved. He is not sketching how to get saved. He is sketching the foundation of reconciliation that he will explain in chapters 6, 7, and 8. So he is outlining a theology you know, to use the fancy terms, a soteriology, that's the doctrine of salvation. He outlines that in some ways, not for the sake of saying, now you need to believe in Jesus. No, he's outlining that so that they will be reconciled with one another. Mm, Yeah. So it, you know, this is one of those interviews and and conversations. We're going to, you can read more about this, this, you know, a, a longer version of this on the site, because this is one where I left like feeling smarter because he is using, you know, partly because he's using like the, he's looking at the root language of the book and really kind of casting fresh light on a book that I feel like a lot of Christians have been reading their whole life and never really read it as this kind of 
call for unity in the church. And so I definitely, yeah, people can check out the book, Reading Romans Backwards. Also check out more of our conversation with him on the, on the website this weekend. That was Scott McKnight. Stay tuned up next. It's Ask the Cast, the Jamie Ivey edition. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Blood Orange. The song is Benzo. Okay, it's time for. If you got something you want to know, now's the time to ask. It's Ask the Cast. There you go. I don't know. How do we feel about the jingle? I, I like it. I think. <laughs> I love I think, it. Two thumbs. Two I thumbs think away. Scott McKnight could do the Brian McKnight. He, I, if if Scott McKnight had yeah. like a Ron Swanson Duke Silver thing going, like yeah. he was showing up at random barbecue restaurants in San Antonio and covering Leonard Cohen songs, but mm-hmm. under a fake name and just really mm-hmm. belting it out, would it surprise any of us? I mean, we heard we heard those smoky pipes breaking Dulcet. down Romans. Yeah, dulcet like, tones. I, can only see I have to think most pa- most pastors have some sort of like secret life, and it's not dark. Uh, <laughs> contrary to like the popular belief, it's actually just very winsome. But they still can't let it out. Nobody no, no, can. No know. one's ready for it. No one's ready yeah, for it. Yeah, no one's MP2. ready to see. No one's ready to see your pastor go out to a barbecue restaurant and, and sing, you know, an, an old U2 song. It just, it's a little uncomfortable. We've, we've, you know, like, and no you one never was, see that man's spiritual instruction the same way after you've seen him do shot through the heart. Perfectly. <laughs> or didn't look at the words. Didn't shot look at the, the words. Heart. Boom. You're too late. Hey. And you're like, whoa, he's really, really going after it. He has a pent up. I was driving through a weird part of town yesterday and I looked to my left and there's this old building and it said, Eddie's, miniature house and you look in there and it's wall to wall doll houses. And I thought to myself, what if I like one of my friends, like we're friends, everything about them is exactly the same. Like what you guys are saying, everything's exactly the same. And I go visit their apartment or our house and I walk in and their bedroom is floor to ceiling like doll you houses. Would run. Like, like they're just, that's just the thing they're just super into. No, nope. but everything nope. about them is the same. No, nope. like we still like going to the basketball games, all like that. I would never be friends with that. No, person. you would run. Are That's you kidding? I, that would that would deepen my friendship. I'd be like, oh, this guy's got this weird, really <laughs> weird side that I got to get to know. Like, I thought I liked him. I love I, him now. I was hoping I love to see. I was hoping to see somebody walk in or out of Eddie's miniature house, and nobody, nobody did. I, and, and so I said to the person I was in the car with, "Is like, yeah, we should stop in. You know, he probably doesn't get a lot of foot hmm. traffic. You know, okay. All but, right, here. All right, hypothetical situation for you guys. Okay. Yeah. How yeah. much money, if you knew Eddie wasn't home and you had permission, like it was like in a kind of an Airbnb situation, yeah. Yeah. how much money to spend the night in Eddie's creepy, creepy <laughs> miniature house? I, I don't yeah. know if I have a dollar amount for me personally. Yeah, no, I, I would not. I Jamie, would not. How much, how much I, would I'm it take? I'm not quite seeing it. You open, you, so it's a normal sized house. No, oh, it's a store. Of, no. It's a store on the, in this weird part of town. It's, okay, a, it's store a store with like, you, you know, the whole front is glass and sides. It's probably a building from the 50s, you know, a little rundown. And the sign, I mean, this business has been there decades, the 50s. decades. And it's Eddie's Miniature House is the big sign out in front. But you look into the store and it's all 
miniature houses, all doll houses. I mean, I would imagine closing my eyes, go to sleep, and dolls coming out of those houses. That's what I'm saying. I'm, exactly. not, I'm, yeah, not, that's the I'm not into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're laying there. You're like, oh, this isn't so bad. This is this is a quick fifty dollars. <laughs> smells all right. Smells, good night. See you in the morning. As soon as you turn the light yeah. off, you, you hear coming from one of the houses. Help me! Help me! <laughs> and you look in. You look into one of the mini houses where you think it's coming from, and there's a small version of you looking into a smaller mini house, and you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> It's like Alice in Wonderland. All right. You guys went on to Twitter. You hit us up at Relevant Podcast and and posed some questions for the cast. I will lob them a few of them now. Uh, Okay. Shelb. I assume it's Shelby. Uh, Shelb says, I was supposed to be a bridesmaid in a wedding, but the groom broke it off in the worst way. Do I charge him on Venmo for the price of my (gasps) bridesmaid dress I can't return? Jesse, please advise. I mean, oh, this wow. is talking about a cliffhanger here. Talking about me getting intrigued at the plot of Red Sea Resort. What did he do? The I worst know. possible Shelf. way. I mean, Shelf, you can't get more intel. If this is the worst possible, it's really close to the day. I mean, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, because you're, you're, think, you're thinking maybe at like well, yeah, left in the altar it's, situation. It's, yeah. been, it's been tailored and bride. stuff because she can't return it. Yeah. So it is right up it's at close. the end. And, and it might not be just he called it off. It might be that there was another bridesmaid. The worst situation, yeah. Involved? Yeah. Yeah, I would, I I mean, what I would do, I mean, this is, again, without knowing the details, I'm just going to assume when you say the worst, like this dude is really the worst and he did something terrible and I would Venmo him and if I didn't get it in a a media, I, I, here's what I would do. Honestly, I would give him like, hey, oh, what's this I got in the mail? A free ticket to Eddie's miniature house. This sounds fascinating. (laughs) I have an appointment in my own private tour. When he goes, I burglarize his house and steal whatever I need to for the price of that dress. That's my advice to you. Jamie, what would you say here? Oh, this is so, this makes me so nervous Yeah, because she's, she's clearly mad at him. Oh yeah. He ruined her friend, you know, well, it's yeah. probably for the best, but right now it feels ruined. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It actually clearly was for the best. That yeah, this happened right? before the wedding. Yeah. 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 I say, I mean, the worst can happen is he doesn't pay you. Send it on in. Let him know. Like, like, Hey, this is your fault. Michael, you here's... not only crushed her, mm-hmm. you left me owing $240 for something that I can't use now. Right. And you know, she can't wear that dress again. They Ever. say you can, but you can't. No, no, no. Who's wearing? No, no one is. Yeah. 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 So hmm. I say shelves, send it in. You know what? I think all the bridesmaids, you know what the bridesmaids should do though? Don the, don the outfit the, <gasps> and girls night out. That, just that's all matching. a great idea. Just yeah. matching. Just and go, bring a photographer too. Do, yeah. Just Get some Screw pictures. Yes. And then send him the bill for the drinks and dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Capri. Yeah. I mean, right. I, you got to think like the catering's all bought everything. You might as well just, have, you know, party it up at that point. You know, I mean, everything's paid for. Um, Bethany has a fairly serious question here. How can I maturely respond to being called out by church leadership for sharing a hilarious but arguably inappropriate meme? Side note, the leader who approached me doesn't have social media, so she didn't know what I posted. She just, quote, heard things. I we gotta don't know like the meme. this. We got to know the like meme. This. But the, I, I need more details. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we can cover this. Jamie, what's your first impulse? <laughs> My first impulse is... Change churches. I'm like, how... I wanted to say, like, how old are we? I mean, was it that inappropriate? Even if it was. I mean, I mean yeah. it feels kind of... Is yeah. she like a... I don't know. Maybe she's a student, the student's leader, and maybe they thought she wasn't setting a good example. Like, I can just see sounds, that a little this bit. Just sounds to me like a crotchety old church. It kind of does. Yeah. It, it, I, okay, I've I've gotten I've gotten. But I want to know what it was. Yeah, I, yeah, I've gotten a little. I've I've told people this 
experience before, but I've gotten a little hot water with crotchety old people at church. And what I yeah. did was just ignore it and laugh and say, no big deal. What are you going to do? Not going to affect my life at all. That's that's I, my thing is like, okay, so she approaches her and like calls her out for it. It's like, what business is of yours? I don't work for you. I mean, it's like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I, I've told years and years ago, I was asked, I initially said no, but then the pastor asked me again to help my friend at the time who's a youth pastor lead a trip to Nepal. Right. And I was like, I don't got time for that. I don't want to do it. And then anyway, he ended up talking me into it. And like we, we were preparing to go and he's like, Hey, by the way, um, you know, because you're doing this trip, it would really be cool if we did like, like, a uh, like a, like one of those evangelical, like one of those, like, what do they call it? Um, silent movies or human videos or whatever. And could you dress up and play the devil? Uh, and get people in the church excited <laughs> about this mission trip. And I also occasionally... This was in the 90s, am I right? What's that? Was this in the 90s? No, uh, no this was probably 2000s. 10 years ago. Early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Oh. 10 years ago? Uh, wow. Wait, you, you just said 10 years ago? Yeah. After college? Yes, this is after college. I was on, <laughs> on the podcast. So I was... What? I would. I would, So here's the thing. You had to I, do a human video at your church while you were employed... Or the age of being employed here irrelevant. They put pressure on me, and I'm a nice guy, <laughs> and I'm doing it for I'm doing it for the Lord, I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for me. So I go, I'm wearing the devil costume. And Where is the video? What's the Where is the video? Of this? <laughs> it, it had a cape. It's red. Uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Horns? Yeah, the it horns? wasn't a comic. It wasn't a whimsical one. It was a scary Hold looking on. devil costume. Were and there horns? Were there horns? Did you wear a mask? I, I was, I, but there was some mask involved. I, to be honest, I, I can't remember exactly what the costume looked like. I remember was I was like, thinking, I remember like looking at the costume in a chair and like pacing back and forth, like, oh boy, what did I get myself into? <laughs> well, well, was it like a, was it like Phantom of the Opera, like, like sinister? Yes. Or was it like, yes, it wasn't whimsical. Red? It wasn't like, it oh. wasn't like, you know, pitch red pitchfork with the tail, like you know. It's like you're scaring kids. Yeah, it wasn't like the Jack Black, you know, no, devil. Yeah. You're, in, you're you sinister, know. deceptive, manipulative. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I'm like, man, I really don't want to yeah. do this. But I was like, all right, I'm going to be a good sport about it. But I said. The other thing I did at my church at the time was I was the announcement guy and I would always do like jokes. I would always like write comedy during the sermon. Then I would do, we did announcements after the sermon. So anyway, uh, I said, here's the deal. I will do it and I will go on this mission trip. But I was like, I, I still, that Sunday, get to do my material at announcements. And the pastor's like, all right. And I was like, and if I don't have time to change out of the double costume, I'm going to wear the double costume. And that's just how it is. So I didn't have time to change. And oh, it came yeah. time for announcements and the devil walks up. And I was like, Jesse, I, every time you have told me what you're about to say, because I've heard this story, that time you did announcements as the devil screw tape letter style. Yes. You did. You did backwards <laughs> announcements. Yeah. You've told me that story. You did not tell me <laughs> that preceding that was you starring in the human video. That's why you were in the devil the, costume. I, it wasn't, I thought I you wasn't just had high. this like C.S. Lewis, like, oh, I'm going to do this thing because how hilarious would that be? You didn't say that you were doing a human video. Well, and, and in hindsight, in hindsight, I could see how it was theologically very confusing for people in the church because they just witnessed me being conquered by Jesus coming out of the grave. Oh, and now so why, why oh, is no. now Satan resurrected, resurrected. And doing announcements? Oh. It did. This in hindsight, I could see why people were offended. And in fact, I got a letter that said they were grieved by the Holy Spirit. But oh. I, but my material was gold that day. I was like, hey, listen, uh, don't send your kids to vacation Bible school. 
which starts on this day, this day, this day. Just keep them home all summer. Watch Harry Potter movies. Am I right? I'm the devil. <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no. we, you know, we're having a, oh, a luncheon no. for new members. Make sure they don't go. I poisoned the food. And it was just like, <laughs> and like, everyone's just like, what's happening? Why is he doing this? This is awful. Like, this is heretical. He's doing it right from the pulpit. So anyway, I don't worry about it. I go on my mission trip to Paul, right? A little side note, the second night in, the guy who's leading the trip has to go home because of the family mercy. Now I'm stuck leading the trip. I'm not a I'm not a youth leader. I don't know how to deal with this. I don't I don't know where we're doing. I don't know what the plan is here. So I end up having to lead this whole thing. I come back and I go to like a church barbecue. And I just came back from Nepal. I should be I should be the hero. I just saved yeah. the trip. Ticker, I just saved the trip. I, I took it. Anyway, I go there. I'm, I'm loading up at the little church picnic, and and people are coming up to me and like, yeah, I heard people are very, very upset. I'm sure oh, it's no. been hard for you. I'm like, what are you talking about? People are upset. I just got back. I didn't know it caused this big stir, and here's what I did. I said I didn't care. I said, if people have a problem, come talk to me. And if they came talk to me, I'd be like, big deal. I don't care. It's hilarious. That's what I... All that to say, do that, Bethany. Did you get an email? Did you get any... Oh yeah, the pastor talked to me. We, Somebody said grieved, grieved by the Holy Spirit. That's I, like that's they the, did. That's I the did Trump get. Card. I got suspended from announcements for two months. Too. <laughs> I should. I should add that in there too. They wouldn't allow me. They didn't allow me back on stage for about ninety days, and so <laughs> that's a good harsh, time. That's a harsh. good time. Uh, oh are you gosh. still at that church? No. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. It's a new church now. I, oh, I, I still gosh. like the people there. I got no beef. Karen, do y'all get like? fan hate mail about the show no i mean we get like i can't believe jesse said that or whatever no okay no i mean not yet they go on that's what i think if someone doesn't like the show here's what you say just don't listen yeah Yeah. i think that's what they do they just don't listen they go oh this isn't for me i mean we might see like i've seen stuff on twitter yeah somebody might tweet something like well that there's what's the point or this stupid or you know whatever it's fine but they don't like send it to us i mean They, they do care. a passive, Who they cares? do it the Christian way, which is behind your back and passive aggressive. And so <laughs> they, they, that's the, the way. Just the like church. Romans tells yeah. us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, Ross asks, if you had to be a conjoined twin with one celebrity, who would it be? Conjoined twin, one celebrity. I would say probably Khalid because he's always seeking out barbecue and I've been hungry since we did that slice and that man's always on the hunt for barbecue. So he's, he's right up there. Jamie, I'm assuming yours would be but, someone but, that but goes you would have to be up on, you would be, have to be up on stage with him while he's performing. <laughs> like would, you want to be sitting there. I would be dressed as the devil and I would between songs, <laughs> like do the devil on his shoulder. commentary about the songs and it'd be very high minded. A lot of people would be, uh, a lot of people would be, you know, moved by it and grieved by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jamie, I'm assuming you would have some sort of boating celebrity. Am I right? I, this is so weird to me because you're thinking you have to be with them 24-7. Yeah. You have to live their life. I don't like. Sleep in the same bed. I mean. You can't be a bonus Jonas. No, I don't want to be a bonus Jonas. Uh, which last time I was with you guys, I think is when we talked about the bonus Jonas. Yeah. Yeah. And when we were in Italy, I got to tell everyone about the bonus Jonas. Yeah. Um, would you want to be like a property brother, sister? No. Okay. Jennifer Garner, I follow her on Instagram yeah. and she seems super fun and down to but earth. But you have to be in all of her movies and TV shows. Oh, I would love that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alias, here I come. Here's one because I've always wanted to play in the NBA. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know, for me, 
decided to take another path despite all the opportunities <laughs> open to me. Uh, but I would be a conjoined twin with like Steph Curry or an NBA star. Uh, you know, there is someone good enough that that dragging me around wouldn't slow them down. You know, and I feel like there's actually we could probably come up with some pretty cool moves uh, that would be undefendable. I mean, but the I, question, as far legs, as I know, it's hands. not illegal to play. Yeah. But the question is, I mean, you guys would be wearing one tailor made uniform. Yes. But do you count as two players or one? One. Mm. And it would be like you count as 30. one. So you essentially have six players, yeah. six yeah. on five. You guys would win every game. Yeah, I, I, you're making the case for me. We'd revolutionize the sport, Cameron. <laughs> Disgusting. All right. Well, thanks for all of the questions you guys sent in. It'll be interesting to see which ones uh, Chandler actually ran with because we have been talking <laughs> for the last hour. We covered a lot of territory. You guys probably heard three. Um, <laughs> if you want to ask us, uh, send questions in for next week's episode, just hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts. Well, many thanks to Away for making the episode possible. Remember, you can get 20 bucks off an Away suitcase by visiting awaytravel.com slash relevant20 and use promo code relevant20 during checkout. Go do it. Also, thanks to Scott McKnight for joining us. His new book, Reading Romans Backwards, is out now. And thank you to Jamie Ivy for sitting in. You can follow her on Twitter at Jamie underscore Ivy. Not Twitter, Instagram. I if you go to Instagram, if you go to Twitter and you just do Jamie Ivy, it is a woman for Trump. That's what it says. Yes. If you just not, do, which is it not is not me. So you to need to be clear. You might need to consider the Annie F down strategy for social media because Annie Downs is a famous quilter in Australia. That's sweet. So Annie yeah. threw in the F. Uh-huh. To differentiate from the quilting fans, but this Jamie Ivy is just a she's just probably lives in Iowa. Once you a regular her. woman, once you sue her, yeah, you should get the get the handle. Good oh. question. So, so that's not domain. me. That's not me. But you can go to jamieivy.com. That's me. From my understanding of the law, you can lure her away <laughs> and burglarize her house and take as much as you want to compensate for this egregious <laughs> sin oh, she has. I'm in it. I'm in it. You're not quite kidding, Jamie. This woman is all in. See, like, you win, didn't the entire, you? Yeah, yeah, it's all there. The, the banner, <laughs> women awful. for Trump, the, the, pro, the picture, women for Trump. She only has 27 followers, so her branding strategy isn't <laughs> like, it's not, and she hasn't found it yet. Yeah, and they that all appear to me. be Russian bots at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> her most recent tweet was January 17, and it says, hey, Verizon, why don't you take fraud seriously? So I feel like maybe she's kind of given up on that. There, she's done. <laughs> she, she's she's, the, she's the person who, yeah, just uses Twitter for customer support issues. <laughs> So, yes. you know, just <laughs> tweets the brands. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jamie's new book, or Jamie's book, If You Only Knew, is out now. And make sure to check out the podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey, filmed on location in a portable tiny house. That's right. Every week. <laughs> every week. Thanks for joining us. I'm yeah. so happy I was here. Go, this was so go, fun. Thanks. Go make some waves in the Lifeway Women's Conference. <laughs> Show the tattoos. Wear a sleeveless we're yeah. sleeveless or a tank, shirt Jamie. or tank, Take not it. tank. No, no, just short sleeves. That's Jamie, all we need. Well, what are you, what is someone, your topic that you're speaking on? Uh, oh, I'm doing a breakout tomorrow about sharing your story through the lens of the gospel. Okay. So it sounds com- really so, smart, doesn't it? So, so here, sharing so your hear story me out. through the lens so of your, of the gospel, tattoos. of the tattoos. Yeah. So hear me out. Come dress as the devil. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Works every time. Well, the ta- people, the tattoos would be more appropriate for the Lifeway audience. That's right. That's right. Hey, uh, while you're, you know, browsing the internet, internet or something, go over to store.relevantmagazine.com and check out the podcast section. There's a bunch of stuff. Uh, we saw a lot of um, tweets this week 
of people asking for denim con merchandise. Mm-hmm. There might be a few items yeah. there in the store for you. So yeah. go check and I'll it out. I'll say this. It, it costs a lot to fabricate and manufacture custom-made jeans, especially when they have the amount of bedazzling that we put into these bad boys. But yeah. uh, go help us uh, ensure that we didn't waste a tremendous amount of time and money making them. So We bought a, we bought a bedazzler, and we will make everyone custom-ordered. Uh, <laughs> Jesse has a new line of skinny Jinkos that That's is, right. is That's on the right. store. Back pockets, yeah. man, I bedazzled the heck out of. Cool clover <laughs> symbols. It's very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Cross. How yeah. many how many different threads and fabrics did you guys use? Oh, well, Kanye, I mean, Kanye told us just one. That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, mine are, mine are one leg is leather, one leg is wool. <laughs> Ironically, there's no denim. And uh, I stand by it. They're very hot. I'm wearing them right now. My legs are very, very sweaty. Both materials well, are what, not One is scratchy and one is sweaty. Yeah. 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 All right. I, and while you're online, check out our newest podcast, Relevant Daily. It's available every weekday, bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. It's about 10 minutes long, five days a week. The stories you need to know. Keep your finger on the pulse. Go check it out. Relevant Daily. On that note, we'll wrap things up. Jamie is doing an Instagram story. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jamie Ivey. Oh, she's back on the mic just in time. She swooped in like a pro. She's good. She is good. She is good. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. That's a spicy meatball. Relevant Podcast Network.